What's up, world? And welcome back for another episode of the Best Rockin' Podcast. Hey, man, every time we start one of these, I don't know if you remember like the old, um, like the old race car games, you know, like when you're about to start, it goes ding, 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 and then you go like, and then everybody's wheels spin because yeah. they're all they're already <laughs> gas, man. They're hitting the gas. They don't even their wheels spin, and everybody passes them, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> man, my foot's been to the floor for like five seconds already. Let's go. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on this week? Not much, man. D Money had another golf tournament. Um, I've been off all week long, actually. My truck's in the shop, so I haven't been doing much of anything. Just gym, golf, and that's about it. What you been up to? Expensive, man, when that rig goes in the shop, ain't it? Very expensive. All those fixed costs, man, they just they keep coming in. What happened but, to it? Um, nothing happened. Whenever I I bought the truck. Somebody had ordered it, and it was still sitting at the factory. Well, they specced it out the way they wanted it specced out. So when I got it, it wasn't specced for the, the way that I needed it specced out. So, like, the trailer that I use, it's a, it drops down. It's called a step deck or a drop deck. So I kept bottoming out the trailer, and I would get stuck. So... Where the trailer connects to the truck, it's called the fifth wheel, right? And so I got about a riser to put underneath that, and it'll raise it up, which will raise the trailer up in front of it, so it won't bottom out. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that, and I'm putting new rear ends on it because they came with 371s, which, long story short, I'm switching rear ends out to get better fuel mileage. Very expensive up front but will pay for itself in about a year. And then after a year, you know, I'm thinking it'll, it'll save me or really make me an extra 10 grand a year huh. just on fuel. Man, do you run, uh, do you run air rod in those vehicles? So that like, you know, if you've got a heavy load, you know, right on the rear end of your truck, you can, you can pump up airbags or whatever. I mean, pretty much all Trucks and trailers these days are all air ride. I mean, you used to see them on the side of uh, like the drive-in trailers, air ride. Well, you don't really see that on any of the new ones because they're all air ride. You know, like uh, at least all the trucks these days are air ride, and I haven't seen a trailer that doesn't have airbags. So when you start the truck, if the if the truck doesn't, if the the system doesn't already have a supply in it, then the air compressor will build up air in the in the supply tanks and then once the supply tanks get full then it'll push it to the airbag so the airbags automatically raise up same thing with the trailer now let me ask you this so the heavier the load is it the smoother the ride or do you ride the same empty or full so there's a sweet spot i think yes that yes when you have weight on the trailer it's a lot smoother of a ride because when you're empty that trailer depending on your trailer too like if you have like a a light trailer like a flatbed you know it only weighs about ten thousand pounds if that thing's empty like no load on it 
and you're you hit potholes, dude. Like you can feel that thing. Like it's not coming off the ground, but it's sometimes back. it it feels like it's coming off the ground. Yeah, it's bouncing like crazy. Well, I mean that's the same. So the biggest trailer I pull is one to to pull a buggy in, you know, a side by side. So if if it's loaded, you know, it still bounces a little bit because my buggy and the trailer itself aren't that heavy. But if it's empty, good night. That trailer's bouncing. Heavy. <laughs> it's like it's like, man, I hope I got it hooked onto the ball real good because if not. You know, the change is the only thing that's going to stop it from rolling anywhere, and they're not going to hold it for very long. No, you know? it's not something you want to see in your rearview mirror pop up out of nowhere. You're driving down the road, and you look over to your right, and there's a trailer just rolling right beside you. That Man, that trailer looks familiar. <laughs> look at the rear view. Well, shit, that's my trailer. What the fuck? <laughs> man, and those, those small trailers, too, you see it all the time, you know, if even like campers sometimes, because campers are really light too. Well, um, they have all this this new technology you can you can buy to add, you know, to your setup. But you see those light trailers, man. They'll be they get that uh, almost kind of like the death wobble with with the motorcycle. They start yeah. wiggling back and forth real quick, and like, oh shit, yeah, man. Every time I see that, I'm like, yep. Let me go ahead and just pass this guy and get on around him. Because it happens all the time, dude. People people lose their trailers or, or, you know, they lose control. Yeah, I was coming back from Oklahoma, I think, in 2016. And while I was driving, I was, you know, I looked up ahead of me and I saw debris all over the road. And I was like, what the, you know, what's going on here? And I look over the side of the road, man, there was a truck with a camper on the back of it. And the camper had flipped, you know, it must have blew a tire or whatever. And then it decided it was going to, you know, go and do that, that roll, you know, like the alligator's death roll. Mm. You got to watch out, man. Cause if you got, if you're attached to something like that, it could do that to the truck as well, you know? So you're going to be, you better hang on. Cause it's going to be a wild ride. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And them campers, dude, I, I swear I see it. I've seen it so many times. When those things roll over, they explode. Yeah. It's like they're <laughs> you realize yeah. once they roll over, like, man, that thing wasn't built as good as I thought it was built. Well, no, they're not built they're not heavy heavily built anyways. You know, like an airstream, that's something that you look at and you're like, All right, so this is all like it's all like, you know, sheet metal or or like a military grade aluminum, you know. So if it blows apart you really got to roll it. But the other, like my, I've got a, I've got a 28 footer and it's just like barely held together. You know, you get in the wind, man, it's like, it wants to rip apart real easily. So like, I think, I think the more quality, like the most quality you can find is probably like an Airstream, you know, they're expensive. They're not very big and they're not for a family to live in really. Um, but they have longevity compared to these other ones, man. These other ones, though, if you did something like that, they're blowing apart, and all you're going to see is like the frame. Because everything else is blown blown away. Yeah, it's shattered into pieces. And, and a lot of the times, you know, people, especially if somebody's in a hurry and they're kind of going from lane to lane, and they switch lanes real quick, and then like, and then the the trailer is always lagging. 
So like, so you switched over real quick into the other lane with the trailers lagging. Well, if you're not expecting that, it's going to come flipping back to match up back with the truck. And I yeah. think a lot of your, people aren't, unless you're driving that, pulling that thing all the time, you're not used to it. So you got to be used, you got to be ready for the reaction. So you're going to feel that when that thing comes whipping back, you're going to feel that in your steering wheel. And your first reaction is going to be to jerk your steering wheel to counter it. When really you should just hold straight, right? I and mean, I, think- I mean, the right answer there. It's it's difficult to say because it all depends on what the trailer does. But for the most part, yeah, you want to try to hold the wheel straight. You might give it a little bit of play one way or another if it's pulling the truck one way or another. But yeah, if you do something drastic, it could be very detrimental to your health for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you might be you might be laying on the side of the road you know wishing you would have never done that that's for damn sure yeah the, the heck with them campers man i i mean i i love camping but it's funny how i always make fun of people on rvs i'm like how is it that you can get these people to just hop in this huge vehicle or even like the big u-haul trucks right yeah. And like some, some of the times I'll see an RV or a U-Haul truck, and I'll be doing seventy, and they're just zoom <laughs> right past me, and I'm like, "What? Like, how? Okay, you need a license, all right? Or you, and you see it all the time with like R- RVs, especially. But every once in a while, you see somebody in a U-Haul. You can always tell like when somebody has a lot of confidence, or somebody who's like. They'll be doing like 55 in the U-Haul. I'm like, you know what? Good for you for being smart. Because the, the guy over here doing 75, 80 or whatever in the U-Haul, he's not always, he's not driving that U-Haul every day. So as soon as one little thing happens and he has to react, he's not going to be used to it. Man, that dude most likely has to poop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, He's like, man, I got to get to the nearest rest stop because but I got to go. But man, the, the thing with the guys in the RV, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, you're in you're in a uh, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollar vehicle. You you probably retired, right? Yeah. Or, or even if you're not, you're apparently on vacation. What are you in a freaking hurry for? Just chill. Well, yeah, I mean, and most of the time, people in RVs they are just doing. 10 mile under under the speed limit you know so there are some people like i i've got a guy i work with he's a safety guy and on his he does two weeks on two weeks off so when it's two weeks off he takes his rv and he goes he travels somewhere so this guy is you know he's all the time in that thing you know so like that guy probably doing 70 80 mile an hour because he knows his vehicle you know so yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to get from point A to point B. I tell you what, man, the older I get, the slower I drive. You know, whenever I was a, when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, it was like, man, I'm trying to get to point A to point B as fast as possible. Now, I'm like, man, I ain't no hurry. <laughs> you know? Nah, yeah. It, yeah no, I guess it, I guess it depends on the moment. Like, the other day, I had to drive an hour to get to the golf tournament. And I don't, I don't know, man. Like, sometimes you just feel like I just want to get on a little bit, you know? 
So I, I was kind of rolling, and then coming back from the golf tournament, we had them storms that came through. So I wanted to hear him get back home because there's supposed to be tornadoes. So I was smashing on her then. But today we went out to my um, sister-in-law's house. Dude, I was doing like 62. Uh, like I was behind some old dude in the Camry. But now I got my family with me too. Yeah. yeah you, you, always, you always drive different with your family for sure. But, I mean, every day when I go to work, it's like, you know, right at the speed limit or a hair under. Like, I ain't, you know, I ain't in no hurry, especially on these roads back here in, in West Virginia, man, because they're they're pretty damn dangerous, to be honest. You got potholes, they'll swallow cars. So, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel while you're driving because you, you never know, man. Something, there's freaking rocks that roll out in the middle of the road. Man, I was driving back back home actually i think it was probably three months ago and i'm driving there's two lanes on this one route right by the river and as soon as i pulled out on the road i think it was probably 300 yards man there was a rock that was ah man i'm telling you it's probably three foot tall by three foot wide yeah i mean it was it was a boulder laying right in the middle of the road i'm like i'm like man somebody's going i you know i can't get out and move that you know, I ain't Hercules or nothing, but dang, I'm like flashing my lights at people as they're coming up on it. I'm like, man, I hope they see that. <laughs> if not, <laughs> a bad day, you know, that that right there will take a car out. Man, I usually I'll try to stop depending on the situation. If I'm in like Atlanta, I'm not stopping because I'll get ran over. Yeah. But if it's like on my, you know, on a city street, it's not super, um, uh, busy you know populated then that y'all get out and there's been a million times where somebody will break down in the road right and then like you get and then it causes the backup yeah and then by the time you get up to it you're like there's this this little old couple broke down on the road in the road in the lane and, and got like they just got passed at two miles an hour by like a thousand people and nobody like helped push them out of the road like, I feel like that happens to me all the time. Man, you got to think, though. People these days, like there's been, so on Route 77 going like north to south through West Virginia, there's yeah. been there's been people that'll pull over to help people, and then people come up out of behind the guardrail and mug people and take their vehicle. Like it's even been that, you know, there'd be like a girl on the side of the road. So as a man, you're like, all right, well, I'll stop over and help, you know, change a tire or, or do whatever, check and see if they're okay. But after I heard about this, this guy did that. And then while he was looking underneath the hood, these two guys came up out of the, from over the bank and shot this dude in the back of the head, took his vehicle and all three of them went south, you know, like to Florida or some shit. And it's like, you know, you want to stop and help people, but there's some crazy people out there, man. Like you got to assess the situation. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it's, you just can't stop and help anybody. You know, if I pick somebody up in the truck, I'm like, look, you got riding a bed. <laughs> They're like, uh, what do you mean riding a uh, bed? I don't I'm, pick people up. Well, no. I mean, I have, you know, I have before. I'm like, you got riding a bed. They're like, well, I don't want to ride in the bed. I said, well, then find another ride. Okay, well, I'll ride in the bed. So they'll ride in the bed of the truck. 
you know, that way they're not in a cab with me, you know, where, where it could cause some kind of problem where I got to end up fighting somebody off while I'm in the truck or something. But I put them in the bed, drop them off at the next stop. There you go. Glad yeah. to be a service. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, rain and snow and don't care. You want to ride, get in the bed. <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful, man. You you bring up a good point. So I was more referring to like, uh, like if I'm just, I'm in Murfreesboro. And like I said, there's a lot of traffic and somebody's broke down or whatever. Like I'll help them push their vehicle out of the way. Yeah. But if I'm driving down the interstate, yeah, I'm probably not going to stop. Like I see that all the time. You know, I do, I've seen people like, uh, laid up under their car and it looks like they're dead and you're like I don't know if they're working on the car or if they're just dead but I'm not stopping because because the same thought man like I, you don't you don't know that situation yeah they could just it could be just a baited situation like fuck that it's, it's just not worth it like you just hope if, if that person really does need help you hope that they at least have a cell phone which most people do nowadays you know you, you can get help pretty easily well they have a they have a courtesy patrol that'll that'll drive around and help people you know and sometimes you know i've i've called you know like uh the state police or whatever been like hey you know somebody wrecked at this mile marker yeah whatever you know and i mean i've actually i've actually got like during a wreck you get out and help people you know, go and check and see if everybody's okay and, and try you know, if it's something serious, try to render first aid or whatever. But, you know, you at least, you at least let the law enforcement know that you're there. That way they can send a patrol on their way to, to kind of help during that situation. Because, you know, what if you look at a situation and somebody just seems like they're wrecked, you know, and you're like pull over and you do that. And then, like I said before, they jump you or whatever. So, at least getting a hold of the law enforcement before you stop and help somebody. That way they can send a car up and at least, you know, until a tow truck comes or something, help these people out. Listen, I love and support the police, but when it comes to calling the state police for a situation on the interstate, I gave up a long <laughs> time ago. You know how many, how many times I've called the state police? Oh, I've called 911 and they transferred me to Highway Patrol over uh, drunk drivers, wrong way drivers, people just chaotic where I've seen them hit other vehicles. And I'm talking trucks, cars, everything. I've seen it all just about by now. And they never, nothing ever happens. Yeah. Like they never show up. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, when, when you're, when somebody's driving down the interstate, they just feel like maybe it's just impossible to get to actually find out where the person is at. Because I'm always surprised. Like I can't blame the officers, but when I'm talking to dispatch and I'm like, they're like "Okay, we'll let them know." I'm like, "Wait a minute, don't you want to keep me on the phone so I can tell you where they're at?" Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's crazy, man. So many times that's happened to me, and I'm like, "Oh shit." Oh shit! Because they're, they're swerving off the road, or dude, one time I called. I was just south of Chicago, and it was like three o'clock in the morning, right? And this car goes flying past me. I'm in my semi truck, 
They fly past me, jump in the right lane, jump on the shoulder, slam on the brakes, and then do a fucking U-turn right in front of me. <laughs> and go right back in the wrong direction, dude. Oh. And I, I called 911. I was like, uh, it's probably too late, but this is what's going on. I'm at this mile marker. And the dispatcher was like, well, what road are you passing? I was like, I don't fucking know. What do you, that's why they have mile markers so you, I, I can tell you exactly where I'm at on this interstate. Yeah. You should know exact. And he's like, well, I, I don't know mile markers. I need to know what, what intersection you're at. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Well, it's like, hey, man, you don't. Okay, you're the dispatch. Just write down the mile marker. I'll tell I'll tell the, you know, and then you tell the state police officer or the or the city police officer, hey, man, I'm at mile marker 60. Well, they know where that's at. You know, they know what 60 miles down the road is yeah. from one start of that. I mean, that's that's crazy, but that's how that's how smart some of these people are. You know, well, one of the ones that frustrated me the most was I was just south of Chattanooga, headed towards Atlanta on 75 which is a horrible stretch of road. You'll see a lot of the guys out of Atlanta that drive trucks back and forth to Nashville, man. They're just, I don't know how these guys get licensed. They drive like they're in cars. Anyways, there's this chick, she was driving a FedEx uh, truck pulling doubles, which means it's the two short trailers that are connected to each other. Oh, yeah. And, man, she is swerving in and out. She's, like, pushing cars off onto the shoulder just whipping that thing and just pushing people out of the way. Right. And like, I'm trying everything I can to just stay. In I got a big old excavator on this huge freaking thing. I'm over oversized. I was like, hell no. Like when I see big trucks trying to bully cars, no, nah, I don't, I don't do that. I start bullying that big truck and I'm like, Hey fucker. You want to bully somebody, come bully me. We can just pull this thing over. You can get your aggression out right here. Don't be <laughs> you don't know who's in that car, man. It could be a, somebody's kid in that car. You know what I mean? Or somebody's grandma. Right. And I like that shit don't fly with me. Well, I did all I could do. And and the crazy ass, she ended up like I had these oversized uh uh red flags, you know, all up and down my truck and trailer. Well, she she ended up hitting two of them and snapped them in half because they're made of wood. That's how close she got to me, wow. and and I couldn't. But I tried. I just tried to keep up with her, you know. And I called the state police, and then I, I I was able to keep up with her for like twenty miles. But I'm talking like I was like trying to do. I was having to do seventy five, like and it's just, <laughs> yeah. I was man. I was rolling, and I'm like, and she just. She was doing, she just, eventually she just, you know, she'd find her little pockets and she can get up to like 80 or whatever she was doing. And I was like, where the fuck is the police at, man? You know, she's done damn near ran 20 people off the road by now. Like this person should not have a license. Man, my wife, my wife appreciates that girl. I'm telling you right now, getting those, pit, those packages delivered to the front doorstep. Hell, <laughs> run all them people off the road. Get that package here now. That's what my wife's saying. She don't care how it gets here. Run them all off the road. <laughs> Give me my shit. Give me my shit I ordered yesterday off Amazon. Fuck it. I want it here now. Oh, yeah. uh, see, okay. 
So you got every day you get home, you got Amazon packages on your front door too, huh? You know what's so bad about that is my youngest son, he comes walking up and he goes, he goes, oh, look, no packages. I said, that's fucking bad. Whenever whenever he's used to seeing packages on the front steps every day <laughs> and he comes home, he's like, oh, look, no packages. I'm like, damn. I went in, I told her, I said, hey, it's, it is so bad that he recognizes that as a, as a normal thing, that there's packages on the front steps. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I mean, you buy too much shit. <laughs> you buying too much shit. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's what my wife says. But her excuse is, well, you know, I don't, I don't buy everything at the store like I used to. And she's like, it, most of it's for for our son. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I yeah. don't believe that. Oh, guys, she's giving them puppy dog eyes. Oh, it's for our boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. bullshit. Have <laughs> shoes. Brand new shirts, all kinds of stuff. What the hell's wrong with the rest of the shirts you got in your, your closet? Oh, well, you know, I'm like, exactly. There ain't shit wrong with it. Why don't you wear some of that instead of buying new shit? <laughs> My wife came downstairs today. There was, she had, look, there was a pair of shoes that were sitting on the stairs. There was a pair of shoes at the bottom of the stairs. And then she had another pair of shoes that was sitting right by the back door where she was about to walk out. And then she had a pair of shoes in her hand. And she's like, she was frustrated. I'm like, what's wrong? Because we're, we're, she was about to go take Liam to hunt Easter eggs, and then we're going to her sister's house. And she was dressed nice, and she's like, ah, I don't have any shoes. I just don't have any <laughs> shoes to wear. I'm like, what? There's fucking shoes everywhere. And you go to the closet, and it's lined with shoes. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have no shoes? You got plenty of shoes. Man, my, my wife, she bought me a pair of a pair of shoes, a pair of white shoes, and I'm like, those look great. But they're only going to last about three days because I'm not good on shoes. But she's like, well, I had to buy you a new pair because the pair that you do wear all the time, you've had those for like 10 years. And I said, yeah, they still good. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do I need another pair of shoes, man? These right here are good. I wear boots all the time. So, you know, these shoes here are fine for me. But you know what? Bless her heart. She went and bought me a new pair of shoes. But, man, I think I was like, as soon as I got them shoes, I said, what do you want? You, know, you buy me something because you want something. So what well, what is it you want? Oh nothing. I'll just try and be nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There'll be there'll be some, some sort of ulterior motive here coming up. Oh man. See, I'm I'm so lucky. Cause I feel like a lot of a lot of couples are like that. But my wife, she's not. But like my neighbor, oh man, like his wife. And he's probably listening because he listens to these. <laughs> they have like an even system. So if he spends $300 on something, she gets to spend $300 on something. No matter if it makes sense or not, right? Right. So he, so let's say if, um, I don't know, man. Let's say he bought like a golf club, which can easily be 300 bucks. Even if she wanted some like a $300 pair of shoes, which is outrageous, right? This is almost a true story, actually. <laughs> then this, then it's justified because three hundred for three hundred. That would never work in my marriage because I spend way too much money sometimes. <laughs> You're <laughs> <I'm asking>. <laughs> I would be broke as hell if my wife tried to match me every time I bought something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I I don't even try to match my wife, man. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. 
you know, our wives, they deserve the world, man. Cause they, they, they at home raising these kids, you know, and instead of sending them out to the daycare system to raise their children. So, you know what, every once in a while they deserve to get something nice. Now that being said, that's not every fucking day. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she said, this a penny here, penny there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, ain't no big the, deal. Hey, by the way, um, our wives both do deserve the world, but my kid is in daycare every day. So, but she does pretty much everything for our son. Well, I mean, I mean she, she, she's, raising, she's raising two kids, man. You and your boy. So... That that she is. She does a great job at it, though, man. It's kind of like she's just a natural. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. My wife is is very natural at being a mom. So, you know, God bless her for sure. Man, uh, I'm uh, tasting a little bit of bourbon tonight. Um, first time having this brand. It's uh, Boone County Pot Still. Is from Kentucky, and it is. Uh, it was barreled in 2016 and bottled in 2021. So this year it's six years old. It's a pretty good bourbon. So anybody wants to try that out, that's a that's a good one, man. Boone County, giving them a little shout out on here. They have. Uh, uh, they have a website and I bought a t-shirt off of them a while back cause it's, it's basically like an Indian headdress, you know, but it's like a skull with an yeah. Indian head. I was like, man, that's badass. So I bought a t-shirt from them and I finally found the bourbon in the, in the local, local store here. So man, it's pretty good. Um, have my, have my skull ice cube in there and poured that bourbon on there, man. That stuff went down smooth. It's a good one. So nice. It kind of makes when you showed me the picture of that earlier, like I almost went upstairs and poured me a drink. Man. I was, I was like, nope, not gonna do it. <laughs> Saturday, and we, we're doing this podcast a little earlier than normal, and you still won't partake. No, you know why? Because I don't I don't like I don't like the pressure. I don't like the social pressure. Like that's why I stopped drinking because you know, and like I feel like I have to. If I feel like I have to do it, then I don't want to do it. That's I. I drank. I did break down. I drank because I didn't have to. What's what? My wife makes. She made something like two weeks ago, and we have one bottle of wine in the house from a local winery. And I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and open this bottle. And I had two glasses of wine. But other really? than that. Yeah, it was red wine. Red wine. And I haven't had, that's all I've had since November. It's been about six months. So, but, but that, that's the difference for me, man. I, cause I, 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 I'm like all in. You know what I mean? Like, so if I feel like, I don't like feeling the pressure. So if I feel like, hey, we're going to go out, everybody's going to go out to eat and whatever and have some drinks. Well, I want to have a drink, but I also feel like I have to because of the situation. And I don't feel like, I don't like that feeling that I have to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess, man. Peer pressure is a bitch, but 
It's just Damn. a mind control thing for me. Like I just want control, one hundred percent control over my brain. It's just yeah. a personal thing for me. Like, Damn, I, pressuring you into getting a drink. Damn, man, make me sound like I'm peer pressuring you. Shit. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with you, man. It's just like the situation <laughs> calls for a drink. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, podcast but, calls for a drink. I mean, why not? No, but the situation calls for a drink. I want a drink, but because I want it, I want to fight it off because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it's a battle won. Battling yourself. All right. Yeah, man, it's it's a weird thing, cause, but but also because, like my product my productivity goes down. So when we get done with this podcast, I'm probably gonna go through go hit about fifty golf balls. Now, if I was drinking, I would not hit any golf balls, so I wouldn't get any practice. Oh, and that's a lie, because every time I go to the golf course, I drink the whole time and hit <laughs> all the time. They may not go straight. Exactly. Balls. See, you you don't hit golf balls. You swing at the golf balls when you drink, but you oh, don't no. hit the golf balls. I'm hitting them. I ain't <laughs> swinging and missing. I'm hitting them. Bye. Last they time I seen you drinking it, last time I seen you drinking and hitting the golf balls, it wasn't pretty. Hey man, I could not be drinking and hitting golf balls and it ain't pretty. I'll tell you that right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, so. On to other subjects. So, I've got a couple things that that are interesting that that I've been looking at over the over the past two weeks, um, and it's all military, all military topics, right? Well, yeah. If you're still listening, um, we're supposed <laughs> to have a really badass interview, and Stan fell through. I'm going to put the blame on him. <laughs> I fall through, man. Hey, I've got, a, I've got an A-10 pilot in the pocket, and uh, I just got to gotta work it out a little bit better with him. So one of the next upcoming episodes, we'll, we'll have an interview with an A-10 pilot because we all know how badass A-10s are. Yes, sir. Me and D-Money have been sending pictures of A-10s and, and AH-64s to each other all week. <laughs> We've been getting hyped about about the podcast, but look, it fell through. We'll uh, we'll make it happen like next week or something. So yeah, I just told I was talking to um, Kennedy the other day. He called me from Hawaii. Yeah, and I was like, man, yeah, we're about. He's like, when are you doing the next one? I was like, well, we're supposed to be doing this um, A10 pilot on Saturday. He's like, man, that's badass. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm fucking excited about it. So I'm sure he's listening now. I'm, I'm he's he's probably disappointed, but. Still to come. It's all right, man. You know, we're uh we're we're it's like fishing, right? You uh you bait the hook, you set it out there, and you wait around for a while, and every once in a while you'll get a fish to to grab one, you reel the fish in, and then we'll have that podcast. But look, it's just these two fishes or these two fishermen with no fish on the on the hook yet. So, you know, we're we're still out there dangling the worm out there trying to get a fish, but it'll happen. Yes, sir. We got so I'm glad you got some shit to talk about because I was just gonna come on here and wing it and small talk. <laughs> so <laughs> this so check this out. So you remember I think it was the second podcast we did where I was talking about uh a new helicopter that 
that the military has? Yes. The attack helicopter? Yeah. It was supposed to be, yeah, some sort of attack helicopter or whatever. Well, anyways, they're coming out with another helicopter, right? And it's in production right now, so they're they're testing it out. But check this thing out, man. It is uh, it's called the SB-1 Defiant. It's built by Sierkowski and Boeing together. So the helicopter is able to fly 700 nautical miles without refueling, right? So 700 nautical, or nautical miles equates to about 805 miles, right? Mm. And it said that that's as far as they pushed it so far. So it's flown from West Palm Beach to Nashville. So it actually flew into your backyard and you didn't even know it. So uh, this helicopter is designed to give Army Army aviators uh, the advantage to adapt to any situation. So let's say, you know, they want they need to land, pick some guys up in in whichever LZ, you know, and let's say they're going to take them to a base, but the base is getting overrun or something like that. Or say there's a sandstorm. You know, we had that a lot. Sandstorm happens and you got to push to go to a different base. This helicopter here can damn near fly across any country, any smaller country at least, you know, and, and be able to drop personnel off, which is which is pretty badass because most of the other ones are not able to reach that far. You know, if you remember, it was like, all right, we're going to take one, then we got to fly it to Baghdad, refuel, then get back in, then go land wherever we need to, and then they'll go back to Baghdad and then refuel and go wherever they need to. Yeah, that's interesting you just said that. All right, so, because we were always flying out of Spiker, right? Yeah. And then we'd always go up to Baghdad. So I had no fucking clue how far that was, but maybe I can Google this shit. You think Google's got that information? Uh, I mean, I can tell you what. I don't think it's no 805 miles. I'll tell you Iraq that right Spiker, Iraq. I guess that would be more like, I could just put to crit because it's not coming up. Yeah, to crit to Baghdad. To crit Iraq. Oh shit. To Baghdad. All right. So it's a two hour flight. I mean, I'm sorry, a two hour drive. They don't tell me what a 174 miles. Yeah. Damn, you you driving 174 miles in two hours. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I forgot. So Google, Google, not driving sixty. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Go, Google switched it up. One hundred and seventy-four <laughs> kilometers. I don't know why the fuck she did that. I guess because it's in Iraq. Yeah, it's Europe. <laughs> right. I, I don't know how many miles that is. Um, but it's not eight hundred. No, hell no, it ain't eight hundred. But maybe one hundred and ten. What's that? Maybe 110 miles. I mean, now that sounds more like it. Driving 110 miles in two hours. Yeah. That's got me wondering, like, where in the hell? See, I never looked at, honestly, dude, I never looked at a map when we were over there. Like, I had no fucking interest. That was part of the job. And was to look at a map. They gave you the map of the village. He's like, no, nah, I don't need it. I don't need that <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I looked at the general area, dude. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't looking at the whole country. Like, now I'm looking, I'm like, oh, okay. Mosul was just 
right above to crit, you know? Yeah. Like Alcahara was right above to crit. Like I didn't I didn't know any of this shit. Huh. Glad to introduce you to Iraq uh fifteen years later. So here you go. <laughs> well now I'm like, okay, so Baghdad was just out to crit. Okay, but it's only uh, so, all right, so about a hundred we'll say a hundred hundred and ten miles. Two hours at fifty five mile an hour probably. So, right, but that ain't shit. Like, why were we refueling on a, what well, probably was what, an hour flight, if that? Yeah, man. You know, you remember the attack helicopters would come on and you'd have them for like an hour and they're like, all right, we're going red. And it's like, fuck, man. You know, you're going red. Damn, we in the red down here and you going, <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. We got it. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> the bird's eye. We appreciate it, but you're going to go ahead and head back. You know, we'll we'll go ahead and handle things on the ground. Appreciate it, but now nah, those guys saved our ass a lot for sure. But uh, this these companies, Sikorsky and Boeing, they are the same companies that have designed the Blackhawk, the Chinook, and the Apache helicopters. So you know, this defiant helicopter is going to be badass. Because those three helicopters are badass. So is it is it a strictly a personnel carrier? Yeah, like from a, what, what I understand, it's just gonna carry troops from point A to point B. I mean, the same thing is like these other helicopters, you can all you can obviously rig things up and haul it, you know. If they needed to rig uh a howitzer up or something, you know, they could they could rig that up and carry it on the belly. But for the most part I believe it's it's still just gonna be a troop carrier. So what is, so what is this comparable to, like a UH sixty or a CF forty seven? Yeah, like a Black Hawk. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm gonna Google some other shit. See, this Google is supposed to show you I didn't know what the fuck Stan was gonna talk about today because I didn't do any of this research. Um, it's hey, this is from uh, if anybody wants to look it up, it's from Lockheed Martin. So that's a big, big arms dealer. <laughs> it's a big, big. They, hey, our government gives them a lot of money. Let's talk about that. They give them a lot of money. That, okay, so damn, this is weird. All right, so an age sixty four an Apache, its range is two hundred and ninety six miles. Yeah, that ain't shit. That ain't shit, man. Eight hundred and five miles, bro. This thing is, it is taking you across the country, like no joke. That's big. That is but, big. So did they just put a bigger fuel tank on it or what? So I believe that they have, uh, they have, obviously they've designed it to be able to, they probably put a bigger motor for one, uh, or they've done something with propulsion where it's going to give them, give them more than what they've been having. So, I mean, it's, you know, these people are, these pre- people are pretty top secret. I mean, we don't want to be giving everything to China. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to figure some shit out on their own. Look it up. Wait a minute. Okay. All right. So a, a UH-60A has a range of 1,200 nautical miles. That's a long ways. That is, that's, a 
more than this helicopter right now. So, <laughs> right. So it's got all right. The wings. Okay. So the each wing can hold a two hundred thirty gallon fuel tank, as well as a single four hundred fifty gallon fuel tank. So I guess if they just beefed the hell out of it just to hold all these fuel tanks, and they can go a long ways. Yeah, I mean, I would say as long as as long as the propellers on the top are designed to be able to, you know, to rotate enough to get enough air underneath of them to carry that kind of weight, then why not? You know, maybe we weren't to our full potential before, so we're figuring it out now. Well, yeah, and what we probably don't know as well is it's probably a lot of different versions of the UH-60. Oh, yeah. In different configurations. Man, i tell you what would be good homework for people is to try to look up which helicopter uh, the SEAL team rode on whenever they went to go cap Obama, or not Obama, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you got to stir it up some shit. Oh, shit. They go cap Osama bin Laden between the eyes over in Pakistan, you know, because that was like a stealth helicopter, you know, and I think it it probably had a long long distance range on it as well. So, man, why, that, couldn't, why couldn't we see his ass dead? That's what I want to know. I mean, they show pictures, you know, but that could have been anybody. No, we needed a damn legend. He needed to be laid out in the street. Put his ass on the Capitol in a cage. Yeah, put him. Yeah, I mean, you know. Matter of fact, put his ass at ground zero. Yeah. In the damn cage. Yeah, and just have people walk by and, and throw tomatoes at him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can throw whatever the fuck you want to throw at him. I don't really give a shit. They're the motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> Man. That was fucked up. I feel like we just needed that closure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, praise the praise that SEAL team for going over there and risking their lives to, you know, to enter that compound in a country that we weren't welcome in at that time and go through there and, and shoot all those motherfuckers in the face. That's what they deserved. So fuck them. And they got what they deserved. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. You know, so I got something else that's very interesting. And I don't know if you know about it, but it was it was, really wasn't that big in the news. But there's a new mission coming out for NASA. OK. All right. I have not heard about this. You did hear about it. I did not. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So March 17th, 2022, NASA rolled out to Kennedy Space Station and they put a rocket on the platform just to test fit. And and basically it's like a uh, it's a test. It's a dry run. Right. They put a rocket out there uh, with a spaceship on it to be able to send the next man and the first woman to the moon. Right. So when was the last time we've been to the moon? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. I Google. Have no, uh, fucking A. All right. 
All right. Let me Google. I have no clue, man. Uh, last so, time American was yeah. on the moon, or yeah. Yeah. Americans were on the moon. I just watched um, Independence Day: The Resurgence last night. So, like all this, like aircraft and space adventure shit. It's yeah, all on yeah. my, it's all in my brain right now. Nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, the seventies, bud. Are you fucking so, serious? Yeah. So we've not been to the moon since the seventies as American. Wait, when did Armstrong go? Google it. <laughs> you should just know that shit. I think he went. I don't know. Have we seen anybody since him? Dude, t- there's no way. So I, it, I night- think he went in like the fifties or sixties. Nineteen sixty nine. So you wait a minute. You're telling me we landed on the moon in '69, and then three years later was the last time, and we we're just like, "Fuck it, we don't need yeah. to go anymore." Why, hmm. bro? The aliens that's, like stay the fuck off the moon. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So this crew, I think they're going to go back up in 2023. So they've got it'll be called Artemis Three. So they'll have another dry run. It'll be called Artemis Two, or whatever. So, um, they will be riding on a Orion sp- aircraft with a SLS rocket. It means Space Launch System rocket. Uh, this mission that they're doing is very critical because they're trying to have a sustainable presence on the moon at this point. So basically, they're going to go up there and they're going to build a docking station. For us to for us to shoot ourselves up to land, refuel like we did in Baghdad, and then send our asses to Mars. Wait, right? wait, wait, wait! How many people are they sending up there to build some shit? Man, do you know how many people it takes just to build build my fucking house? Yeah, like, well, how- it, it, <laughs> it'll t- hey man, Elon Musk wants to be there by twenty thirty, so he's probably. They can't, they can't asphalt my road on fucking Leapers Fork Trail by 2030, let alone put some shit on the moon. <laughs> well, they're using all of your pocket change that you earn to pay for this shit. So, wait a minute. So, Elon's not paying for this? We're paying for this? Well, it's NASA, man. That comes out of our pockets. Now, if it's SpaceX, which is shooting all the fucking. Uh, satellites and all that stuff up in the sky who guess what is funded by our government you know so it is all coming out of our pocket mm. how's that make you feel <laughs> it's cool man because you know when he shoots these uh, satellites up there you know there. I think there's a movie out where all these satellites can link up with each other. And then like an asteroids coming at the earth and they're able to shoot some sort of to rocket or missile or whatever from a satellite and be able to deter, deter a, uh, an asteroid from hitting the earth. So hopefully we get to that point because there's some massive freaking asteroids out there that are earth killers, you know? And Oh dude, I'm surprised. I'd be shocked if we already did not have nukes sitting on satellites in space. 
Well, from what I understand, so I did I did look into this a little bit, is that they don't know how to deter an asteroid right now. We've had some that are, have been very close, which is like a million miles, is what they call very close. So right now they're trying to think about sending something up that will that will attach to the asteroid and then it'll have some sort of thrust booster that'll try to maneuver the asteroid away from Earth. So they're not going to break it apart because at that point it could, you know, fragments of it could come through and hit the Earth or whatever. So they're going to try to use this booster and try to shove it so that its projection is not at Earth but around Earth. So could you imagine... These asteroids are freaking huge. Like it's like a mountain, right? Like you're trying to take a mountain that already has all of this momentum, because it's not just floating in space. Everything is, in space moves, right? So yep. it's it's already got this momentum. Hey, how big of a damn booster do you need to push that big of a rock off its path? They don't know yet, man. But uh, there was there was a guy on Joe Rogan that was talking about it. And he's like, he's like, I've already given them, you know, what they need. Now it's if they'll they'll listen to me this time. I'm like, damn, how many times have you told them, and why aren't they listening? You know, it's like they're not they're not that worried about it. But one asteroid hitting the Earth could end everything. You know, we're all worried about these nukes and everything. Everybody's got nukes, whatever. But one asteroid, you know, it doesn't discriminate. They don't care if you're. Asian or Russian or American or or whatever African or whatever it doesn't it doesn't discriminate it's going to hit somewhere maybe in the ocean because that's the biggest area that that's on the earth is the ocean so if it hits in the ocean it's going to send a tidal wave that'll drown everybody so this is true this is true except for so, the very rich <laughs> yeah they're going to, they're going to jump on this spacecrafts and go to the moon that's because right now they're trying to they're trying to uh, determine how, or they may have already determined how, but they are going to uh, set up a deep space communication capability on the moon, set up advanced life support systems to sustain, sustain human life to operate this docking station. Uh, engineers are currently working on uh, some sort of radiation shield that will protect the personnel that's on the moon from the sun flares that happen. Right. And they're currently working on heat sheet as well to protect the the crews as they re-enter our atmosphere. So, man, I mean, look, I'm all about protecting us from asteroids, okay? But other than that, can we focus on our potholes <laughs> and our bridge transitions? Can we get that shit right? Before we spend billions of dollars on the fucking moon? I mean, you know, there's so there's so many people that talk, and I say so many. They're very few, but they have a big voice, right? Because they've got the media platform out there that that's allowing them to project their viewpoint. That's saying the global warming on our planet is gonna is gonna produce higher temperatures, which at some point we're not going to be able to live by, you know? So the potholes, yeah, they're important, but in the real big picture, 
is that if something does catastrophically happen on this planet, like a volcano could erupt and completely wipe out a whole entire continent, you know, so you're going to have to, you got to have another option if you want human life to be able to sustain after Earth. You just can't send them up in space because they ain't going to be able to survive. You got to be able to send them somewhere else. That's why Elon's trying to go to Mars. That way you can build some sort of civilization on Mars, you know, and and start growing greenhouses and things like that to produce oxygen. Even though there's no surface water, but they say there's some sort of, you know, underground water system possibly. You know, so if we can go out into space and find somewhere else to inhabit, why not? I mean, I tell you what, I am one for taking all the crazy motherfuckers and sending them on a ship out to space. <laughs> Get rid of them fuckers and, and we can figure it out here, you know, but that ain't going to happen. So... What really needs to happen is the the brightest, the smartest, the strongest or whatever need to be able to group together. And if they go do something like going to Mars, that's who you need to send out there. That way you can produce some sort of civilization that's going to be better than the one we have now, man. Because we're a bunch of savages. You know, I've talked about it before. It's like, bro, that's our nature, though, man. I don't care if we move to Mars. We're still going to be savages. Maybe, you know, you never know. You know, I mean, first of all, all these people you're going to send to Mars is going to be who? Billionaires. I don't know, man. Savages. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Man. They're not sending me and you to Mars. Well, they're going to leave us here to, to die. I can promise you, know, you that. I don't really have any any inkling to go to Mars. You know, I'm I'm pretty content being here on Earth. Uh, my my youngest son, he wants to space travel. I mean, he's four. You know, so that may change, but right now he's like, he goes, dad, I'm going to, I'm going to fly up into space and he goes, I'm going to find a place to sleep. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so that's, what's important going up My there. Damn, don't you have, don't you have a damn bed for that boy? What's the, he yeah. have nowhere to sleep or what? Man, I tell you what, he, he's not content in his bed here. He's got to be, honestly, if you put him in some sort of chamber that, you know, had not as much gravity as what we have here. He'd probably love it. You know, he's, uh, I, I see big things in his future, honestly, but you know, we'll, I will try to groom him to, to do what he wants to do, you know? So I'm going to support him. If he wants to be an astronaut, by all means, son, do, do you think, you know, I'm going to die right here, <clears throat> but it's going to be buried in the ground somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of bear, so my wife, she's like, Hey, whenever I die, I want to be, I want to be made into a tree. I'm like, what? Man, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, when I die, I want to be made into a tree. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, yeah. So anywhere you go, you got to dig me up and take me with you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the hell with that? You see me, about- man, you see me, I got, I got, I got a U-Haul on the back, right? It's packed full of my shit. And then in the bed of the truck, I got like a fucking 15 foot tree sitting there. And they're like, man, where are you taking that trip? Ah, that's the wife, man. She wanted- <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing for you is trees take forever to fucking grow. Yeah, I'll so probably I- die before it grows. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, then man. you boys have to carry that shit around. 
let me ask you this. So what do you think? What do you think Artemis? Why do you, so there's, there's a Greek God that's named Artemis. So what do you, what do you think? What do you think her, or what do you think that, that God's name, why, why, why it's named Artemis? Why would their name be Artemis? Yeah. Um, uh, I know you don't know. I'm just, I'm just pulling you chain, man, but astronomy, I don't know. Yeah. So in Greek mythology, Artemis is the goddess of the hunt and also the moon. Right. So okay. they're, they're naming this mission Artemis after the goddess, uh, for the moon. So a little, little fun fact right there, you know? So the hunt, man, that's that's interesting also, right? So the hunt is could be determined like, hey, the hunt for a new place to live. You know, so that's why we're sending these people to Mars. I mean, look <clears throat> I don't I don't support it. Not a, <laughs> I don't like, support it. I I really don't. And for a, a million reasons. <clears throat> so like for one like, dude, how long have we been on Earth? And we still, if we don't have it right yet, now you think we'll ever get it right? No. Like, people, it's always going to come down to people and power ruin everything. That's what happens. That's like, our, like America will fall at some point. We're, we're dying, right? We're, we, we will die at some point. It's just kind of how shit works over time. Like, nobody ever sustains forever. But like, if if it comes to the point where Earth just fucking gets hit by an, an an asteroid or some kind of crazy event happens, fuck it. It's just it is what it is. Like, I mean, nothing lasts forever, man. The dinosaurs no. didn't last forever. Like, <laughs> I well, mean, I mean, there's still dinosaurs out there, man. You seen a crocodile? Have well, you? Culture, I mean, damn, them things are prehistoric looking. This is true, but this my th- look, just don't don't take my money. Like, can we not have a vote? Like, I feel like from now from here on out, man, enough with all the dumb shit. I feel like everybody, like when you pay your taxes at the end of the year, there should be, you should get a list, a budget list, and you can go down the fucking list and you can check like, everything that the government wants to spend money on. That your tax money goes to, you'd be like, yep, I want to support that. And no, I don't that. And, but there should be like, there should be like a couple things that everybody has to pay for, which is infrastructure, the roads, police, right? And military. Other than that, you have a choice. Yeah. I mean, they spend some shit. They spend money on stupid shit. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, like I don't. Like, why do I give a damn if if they're going to the fucking Mars? Like I'm never going to go to Mars. My son's never going to go to Mars. So, speaking about spending money, so when the last administration was in, he's like, he's like, look, if y'all want humanitarian aid or y'all want defense money or whatever, y'all got to do something for us. You know, if we're going to give you something, y'all got to give something in return. You know, what happened to, you know, paying somebody back for for doing a good deed? You know what I'm saying? So all of our money is spent. They send a lot of our, like right now, man, 
they're sending, I think it's over a billion dollars has gone to Ukraine right now to fight the Russians. Are you serious? That's coming out of our money. Yeah, that's our money. Like they, yeah, they, they just, you know, Congress just passed. They're like, yeah, we're going to approve this. Boom. Hit the little, hit the little stamp on the bill that says, yeah, send them 1.3, you know, billion dollars or million dollars more, any million, but it's probably billion dollars. I think it's like $3 billion we sent them. I mean, why? You know, that ain't our war. Yeah, I, I know there's some fucked up shit going on over there, but that ain't our shit. You know what, man? Like, I, I'm as a person, I'm a, I'm super conservative, and I feel this, like that same way when it comes to our government spending money. And I, I definitely feel that way with the Constitution. <laughs> but I'm starting to feel like, man, like the whole setup of our government, it's just not really working anymore. Like. You know what I mean? Like they, they've we've lost control of our government. Yeah. Like we don't. Like we should start. We should vote as our people as a whole. Every time the assholes want to spend money, we should all take a vote. There should be an app. There should be an app that goes out, and it should have on there that says, "Hey, do you want to spend, you know, such and such money on, you know, coloring." Uh, gerbils purple, like, nah, no, nah, sure, don't sure don't. Sure, the fuck don't want to do that. How much is that? Eight hundred million dollars. Nope, don't want to do that. And then it says, okay, well, do you want to spend money on fixing potholes in Tennessee? Yeah, fine, fuck it, because the potholes are swallowing vehicles there. So yeah, I'll spend some money on that. Or hey, do you want to spend money on, you know, education? Yep, we'll do that. But hey, do you wanna do you wanna spend money on seeing how long a puppy can survive underwater? Nope, sure as fuck don't want to do that. <laughs> Dude, you all this like so fucking irresponsible, man, with our money. It's crazy. Man, they got it's because they're all tied in together, man. Because all of these companies have their hands in the politicians' pockets. So you know, why wouldn't they sign a bill that's going to send $3 billion to Ukraine whenever, you know, Raytheon and, and, uh, you know, all these, all these military, Lockheed Martin, all these, all these companies are supplying the weapons that are being used over there. Man, it's lying in their pockets. You know, why, why would they not? Because those people spent so much money and, and are having their hand in the, in these politicians pockets that, that you don't even know who is straight and who's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, is the is the president? None. Zero. Like, I think that motherfucker's compromised by China. They're all compromised. You, Every single fucking last one of them. Every one of these motherfuckers is compromised. That's why we need to get these term limits in place. You know? Yeah, you're going to have some people that are that are not you know, you need some people that have foreign relations, right? Well, those those people can have a little bit longer term limits, but they're not in Congress or the Senate. You know what I'm saying? Those people are switched out. You know, they have like a term limit of 10 years or something like that or whatever. That's all. Look, man, that's all a bunch of bullshit. We don't need somebody who has a relationship with each country. No. 
whenever if you if there's if there's an event or something that needs to be talked about, then you get you sit down and talk. I don't need to fucking know you for ten years to be able to hash the deal out. Like that, man, these fuckers are in there way too long, and they're just fucking off with our money, and they're all getting rich as hell. I mean, it's yeah. just. But that's insider trading, bro. That's why they're yeah they're that and they're getting their pockets lined by all these all these companies, you know. And it's like, at what point, at what point do we stand up and we're like, look, y'all y'all cross the line, you know? Because I think that line was crossed a long time ago, and now they're trying to influence our children. Well, they have been. They've been trying to influence us since we were kids, and they've done a damn good job about it, man. Because you know, there was a there was a CIA guy that was out there and he's like he's like, you know, whenever whenever the people absolutely believe everything the media says, whenever everything they say is incorrect, then we've won. We've done the we've done the mission that we we're trying to do. And you have absolutely no fucking idea what's true or false with the media right now. I mean, the the truest thing you can get is like this right here. You have a discussion with somebody and it says, hey, man, what needs done in your community? Oh, you need you need help for the homeless or you need help for drug addicts or, you know, your school systems are failing because you're not getting enough money or, you know, you got potholes in the road, man. That's that's what that's that's a direction that we are supposed to be headed, man. Not like, oh, worried 100 percent of the time about you know, what the fuck Russia's doing. I don't give a fuck what they're doing, honestly, you know, and half the shit that's being said probably isn't even true, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's, everything is so, it's so intertwined and twisted and there's so many players, lobbyists, political leaders, uh, these companies, all these, super rich individuals that have so much influence they're all intertwined into this like fucking evil fucked up community that thinks that they're the ones who need to make all the major decisions in the world for the rest of us you know like fuck them dude like i look i'm not about to just i don't have an army so i can't just like go change shit but (laughs) at some point there'll be a revolution I don't. I don't know why. Who knows? Eventually, the people will get fed up and we'll we'll do something about it. But I don't. I don't see things staying the way they are forever. There's just no the way. Only, the only way that people are going to get fed up and actually do something about it is you start taking a lot of the amenities that they have. You start taking the internet from them. You take food from them. You take water from them. You take shelter from them. Then what are you going to get? You're going to get people reverting back to their savage behaviors and they're going to get together with each other and they're going to overthrow whoever's in charge, you know? So that's, that's kind of like some of the stuff that's happening in China, right? So you had the Hong Kong protests. So those people were fed up with some of the shit and they're wanting to, they're wanting to give the power back to the people, but the country, the Chinese communist party was like, nah, we ain't giving up power back to the people so they went through and they broke up the protests and arrested a bunch of people probably killed a bunch of people honestly because you don't even hear about it anymore man 
you can't even hardly look it up anymore, you know. And right now you've got you got Shanghai that's on a on a three week, four week lockdown where the people are going crazy. They won't even let them outside their houses. So all these people are on balconies and they're screaming and they're you know they're going crazy because they've been inside their house for a month straight when they're used to socializing, going to work, doing everything, going to the market or whatever, those people were starving and they're going crazy, you know, and the government's going through, if anybody's acting crazy, they go through and they arrest the people or they shoot them or whatever, you know, that's a communist party for you. So it's, it's insane, man. What's, what's going on. But, you know, we're talking about spending money on things and, I mentioned Raytheon. So this is this is something that's that's interesting, right? So they've got we've given them six hundred and forty one million dollars in a contract, right? And I say we because that money comes from us, right? The government don't have a fucking dollar. It's all our money. So we've given them this money for missile and defense. It's called a spy six program. So basically it's like a radar that's used as uh, for defense against ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, hostile aircraft and surface ships. And right now the Navy has them on seven different ships. Uh, what's so crazy about this thing is it's a two by two by two box that sits on these things. And so it's, it's like a, it's like a radar system. It's pretty much what it is, but it's crazy that, you know, that's just that's just one inkling of how much money we're spending on these things. Just to improve our our defense budget is absolutely insane, man. On on how much money we spend to be the number one top dog in the world. Yeah, right? it's like six. I looked this up. I think in twenty twenty one, it was. I think we spent like sixty billion or something like that in one yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. $60 billion. Like, nobody right. spends more than we do. On a country that has 341 million people, I believe. I believe that's how many people we have. Uh, $60 billion. So, and that's not counting how many people that aren't working. You know, the middle class is what's paying for all this shit. And our taxes, I mean, you know, I don't like fucking paying taxes. I don't know about you. <laughs> I want... All the money I earn, I want to go right in my pocket. Because at the end of the year, I don't see, you know, I may pay $30,000 in taxes that year. And I may only see, you know, a couple thousand back. And I had to pay that to the state. So, you know, I don't get shit back. And I'm paying fucking 30 grand a year just so that we can can put a two-by-two box on a ship that's going to tell us, if if a certain missile's coming, whenever the Russians have said that they have a uh, ballistic missile that can't be detected by any of our radar systems, so why are we spending six hundred forty-one million dollars on a on a fucking uh, radar box that can't even detect that shit? <laughs> potholes, fix the potholes. potholes. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that, it doesn't. It does drive you crazy, man. Like you spend all that money on taxes, and then you run over a fucking pothole, and you feel like, you're like, damn, man, 
Like, I'm pretty sure I just busted a shock on that one. Or, yeah. damn, like, how did I not just blow my steer tire? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, fix the fucking holes, dude. I give y'all so much money every year. What are y'all doing with it? I know. I hit, like, a small pothole in my Jeep. And, you know, I try to swerve around it, but, like, the back tires are hit or some shit. Um, that damn thing was hopping like a bunny across the road. And I'm like, gee, fucking wait. Dude, I-75, if you go north out of Knoxville, Tennessee, right before you get to the Kentucky State Line, right right there above old Rocky Top, this was probably about a month ago. It was early in the morning, and I'm driving down through there, and I hear guys talking on the radio. Hey, at the mile marker, blah, 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 you want to get in your left lane. You got uh, you got a Smokey the Bear there with, like, 10 cars all right i was like all right cool i get about two miles from it i come up on there's a, a construction crew like five or six construction vehicles uh moving like 45 miles an hour what's the fucking pothole crew they're headed to the scene of where this highway patrolman is with all these cars all right dude i counted there was the highway patrol and then 10 or 11 cars and then two semi-trucks. Every single one of them had a fucking flat tire. Dude. And, and that's because there's this huge fucking pothole in the right lane. Hey, <laughs> you know why that crew was going there, right? So if if there's a if there's a pothole and it causes a vehicle to to bust a tire you know dent a rim or whatever uh if they fix it you can't sue them to fix your fix your vehicle so really? if they fix it before you have documentation that proves that the pothole was there and that's what caused you to bust your tire right so in west virginia there's a stack probably you know i don't know it's probably a foot high man of, of complaints about all the potholes that are here and the only way you can win to get the state to pay for your shit is you have to have photo documentation showing the pothole, right? Oh, you can actually win. I didn't even think you could actually win. I just figured you were just SOL. It very difficult to win. That's why you got to have all your ducks in a row, man. Because if you don't, they're like, nah, I'm not going to do anything for you. There's no proof that that pothole is fixed. So if you ever get in a situation where a pothole blows your tire, go back and try to get your vehicle in that pothole in the same picture. Hmm. That way they can't say shit. You're like, look, motherfucker, this pothole blew my tire, you know? And they'll be like, well, that pothole's fixed. Well, not in this picture. It's not, you yeah. know, our, man, our, our or at government. least show a landmark with it, you know, a mile marker sign or or a house number or something. You know, that way you're like, yeah, at, you know, 76th Street in Chicago, there's a there's a pothole that's three foot wide and three foot deep. And when you go in, it rips the whole fucking front end of your car off. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, that shit's big. That, that ain't that wasn't never there. And you're like, bullshit, you standing in, he has somebody take a picture, and you're up to your waist in the pothole. Hey, right here I am. You know? <laughs> and let me ask you something. If 
So when it comes to holding our government leaders accountable for all these things, you would have to think there's been tons of people already that have confronted them and had, or, or at least had ideas of how we could fix the problem. Right. Cause the only thing that most of us can come up with is, well, we'll just fucking build an army and we'll just physically take them out of office. But you had to think there's people who've had ideas now and in the past. Do you think that these fuckers have like, like mercenaries, like, you know, they just going and taking people out. Well, cause at some point somebody is surely somebody's had great and like a great idea to fix the problem without causing a res, res, uh, revolution. There's got to be some kind of good idea. Man, let me tell you what. Greed controls all these people. So you got to think, there's people that'll that'll raise a red flag on a subject, you know, in a... They might go on the Joe Rogan show, or they might go on the news, or they might do whatever. And then six months later, you're like, Oh, well, that person committed suicide, you know, and it's like, I mean, why would, why would they commit suicide? You know, the person seemed completely sane, completely happy with their life. They have a happy family and all these things or whatever. It's like, oh, no, they committed suicide. They shot themselves in the back of the head twice. And then, you know, <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. Shot themselves in the back of the head twice. Yeah, no problem. They they committed suicide though, and it's like, uh, I'm not stupid, you know. No, they didn't. So I mean, yeah. Do I think there's people out there that that do hits for politicians? Hell yeah, I do. I mean, how do you think fucking the Clintons are still around? You know, they got a hit list. That's pro- I mean. Just look up any information about how many people that's associated with the Clintons and that have committed suicide. I think the number is like 26 people. How many people do you know that's committed suicide? You can count. You may, you may be able to count them on less than one hand. Right. Right. They know 26 fucking people. I know they know a lot of people, you know? Yeah, they are pretty influential. They're big names they've been all over the country that this and that so they're probably going to know more people but really 26 people that have worked on their campaigns have committed suicide so they definitely have a hit team that's out there fucking people up that that are against them you know so i mean <laughs> what what can you do though man they're so powerful you can't do nothing you know I mean, I I got some ideas, but I'm not going to tell them on here just in case somebody's listening. Because <laughs> one day I might want to take action. Like, I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I feel like I feel like there's things that we can do, but it's 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 not a war. It's a lot of very small battles. Right. Well, in, you know. You have to think if you if you have multiple groups of people across the country that are you know that are just doing paper cuts, imagine how much something will bleed out 
if you have a million different little paper cuts. You know what I'm saying? Like you're the problem have- is, you know, people like you and me, man, you know, that probably would do things, but we have families. And you're like, man, like, shit, they might take my family out. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Like, and it kind of makes you think, like, is it worth it? Or did I just sit here and live my peaceful little life? Yeah, but is it, you know, if it comes, yeah, you are correct that if you have a family, you're a little bit, a little bit less hostile towards a subject unless it's directly affecting your family. So at, at the point, and I think they know that they know that there are people out there like us that, you know, that don't want violence, but will absolutely, absolutely commit violence. If that's what it takes to protect our families. And they don't, they don't want us to get to that point. Right. So, you know, they, they poked the bear a little bit with uh, the BLM movement. You know, those people, they poked them. And what they do, they went out and started doing things that were, you know, to everybody else that were like, damn, like these people are going crazy for what? I mean, but in their eyes, it was because their families have been, you know, been mistreated and have been killed and, and all these things or whatever. So it's not out of the question that, that the media is going to, at some point, you know, make it so that, and they've been trying, I don't know if you noticed, but they, I mean, I've been so angry while watching the media, just watching news outlets, like in my head, I'm like, man, I really want to do something, but I'm like, that's exactly what they want me to do. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to push me and other people like us to do something drastic and to do something stupid that way they can really hammer down on us and do what they need to do. And they'll be justified to do it. So you have to think, is it worth it? Or is there an ulterior motive, you know, as to why they're pushing us to be, you know, because I do not have a problem with anybody until you bring the problem to my family. So if they start attacking my family, which is, which is how they're going to be able to divide this country and tear us apart is, is they're, they're going to try to do that. And you start doing that. You don't want to see the man that we can become or the woman that we, we can become trying to protect our families because nothing can stand in front of us. Nothing can stand in our way. And especially not somebody standing up behind some podium preaching a bunch of bullshit. You know, well, look, they got us all in the cage right now, right? And you can keep the line in the cage, but they don't want to, but they're never going to step in the cage. No, they know they better. Poke. They're going to poke it. That's they're it. Poking. Yeah. But they ain't never coming in. No, <laughs> man. Could you imagine stepping in a cage with a, with a, with a lion that has been sitting there getting poked the whole time? Like mm-hmm. for entertainment, you know, because he's going to run around, he's going to, he's going to roar a little bit, you know, and he's going to, 
prance around. He's gonna, whenever they throw the meat in there, he's going to rip it apart, you know, but he's still in that cage. When they open the door to the cage, everybody that's sitting there gawking at it is in trouble, you know? So, I mean, don't let the lion out. I, that's all I got to tell the government. Do not let the lion out. Mm-hmm. Good. You know, y'all, y'all want to keep poking the bear. Y'all, y'all want to use the media to, to try to separate us. You know, I ain't got a problem with nobody. Doesn't matter what color skin they are. So don't try to push some kind of narrative where we're all divided, man. Man, I love everybody. We've talked about this already. Yeah. Man, about peace and love, man. And that's how we're going to move forward. But these people up top, man, that's how they make all the money. They want to, they want to keep us caged and scared, man. The scare tactics. That's what the media is doing. They're trying to scare us. Right now, they're trying to scare us with Russia and Ukraine. Oh, Russia's going to nuke everybody. You know, they may. They may nuke everybody. And yeah, that is scary. But don't live in that. Don't live in that box, man. Keep your turn off the media. Turn off the news. You know, go outside, play ball with your kids. Unless there's a tornado. Unless there's a tornado. Yeah, keep your radio on. <laughs> keep, keep your cell phone on because it'll alert you. <laughs> hey, there's uh, there's some other cool shit that's that's out there that we're spending our money on. You want to know what it is? What's that? So there's this thing called DARPA, D-A-R-P-A. It's a Defense Advanced Research Program Agency. So we're funding this, by the way. So it's got a... Uh, a weapon system they call it the hawk h-a-w-c it's a hypersonic air breathing weapon system so you know how the russians put out that they have something that runs mach 7 so this here is a ballistic missile that can be launched from an aircraft carrier and reach subsonic speeds uh up to mach 5 which means that's five times faster than the speed of sound. So do you remember what we were, uh, whenever we were forward observers, they'd say, you know, whenever the, you would count, you know, so you would, you would hear a volley or whatever. And then, you know, they'd say shot out and you start counting one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, whatever. And then you'd hear the sound, right? Right. Or you would see, like, if you're observing it, you would see the explosion. That's what it was. If you'd see the explosion, you'd see the dirt fly up or whatever. Then you start counting one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, whatever. And the conversion was 350 feet per second, right? So that's the speed of sound. It's 350 feet per second. So this is five times faster than the speed of sound. So it's five times 350. So it's over like. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I thought the speed of sound was 320 meters per second. 350 feet per second. It's not, I don't think it's feet though. Look it up. No, it's 343 meters per second. Look it up. I just did. <laughs> okay, meters then, man. Whatever. That's a huge fucking difference there, Airborne. It'd be like 900 feet per second. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Come man, on. I can't get everything right. That's what I got you for. Come on, Pister. Hey. 350, 343 meters per second. Okay, so five times that. What is that, the airborne? Five times that? 
Oh shit! No, now I'm just. It, it's over fifteen thousand meters per second. Then okay, so seventeen fifteen. Seventeen fifteen. Okay, so that's how fast our ballistic missile is going to reach. So the Russians is seven times the speed of sound. So what's that? So they claim. Yeah. If their systems work, you know, I mean, they are the Soviet Union, so their stuff may not work. If but, it does, it's 2,400 meters per second. Yeah. I mean, they got us beat by a little bit, but whatever. Uh, this, this missile will reach 65,000 feet and travel for over 300 nautical miles. So 345 miles is what they've, what they're telling us right now. So around six hours in a car. So whenever they shoot this thing up, which that's kind of seems like bullshit, but you know, I mean, they're in an aircraft carrier, so they're going to be fairly close to wherever they're going to shoot it. What? It only went 300 miles. 345 miles is what they, is what they're telling us now. It probably goes farther than that, I would say. Well, what's so special about but that? It goes, but it goes, well, it's how fast it goes. So, basically, it's a quick strike. But, we, but we're never going to have an aircraft carrier within 300 miles of somebody we're going to take out. I mean, you never know. Uh, if you have something off, off the Chinese Sea and you want to hit one of their cities, yeah, you'll be 300 miles from it. There's no way we have an aircraft carrier within 300 miles of China. I mean, we're we're right on the border, you know, or or we're within 300 miles in the Bering Sea, which is still partly our sea to hit Russia. So you could definitely hit something at Mach five from there. All All right, so we're in South Korea, or we're in the Philippines. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, well, Shanghai, let's see, Shanghai to South Korea, South Korea, no, what the fuck, can't drive it, it won't let me fucking do anything, okay, I don't, yeah, I don't know, Google Maps, any way you think about it, if you have something on an aircraft carrier that can shoot out and do that kind of speed, you know, you're, it doesn't matter which city it hits, you know, something that does, does that fast and can drop a nuke on whatever, then you are, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of problems, you know, for, for a country. True. Doesn't matter, but I want to bring up something pretty controversial that we dealt with. So whenever, man, what did they, you know, whenever they saw us walking through the, you know, when they would drop us off and, and we would, we would go out in these fields and these villages and everything. There was like this rumor that all the big blue Martians are coming. Do you remember hearing that? What? No. Yeah. Because our uniforms were kind of like, they were kind of like blue a little bit, you know, they're like greenish or whatever. They're digital. They kind of like stuck out kind of like a sore thumb. You know what I'm saying? Right. Cause they were definitely not the color they needed to be while we're in Iraq or Afghanistan. <laughs> they were fucking blue, you know? So there's a little bit of controversy about 
the ACU uniform. Um, it was actually found out to not conceal the soldiers wearing the uniform. So uh, we fought in two wars, two known wars, uh, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. And it didn't conceal, it did not conceal them for over 10 to 15 years. You know, so we just stuck out like a sore thumb in these uniforms. Um, the digital pattern that was used made you look more like, like I said, a blue Martian instead of blending you in with your surroundings. Right. So the Marines, they kind of, they had something that was a little bit different though. Um, They had that desert digital and they had like a desert brush and a multi-cam and 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 then like a Syrian military pattern, which, whichever, which actually concealed them better than us in the army. So, um, that's where it's controversial because how many people do you think we lost? I mean, we lost quite a few people while we were there, just our little unit. Um, and how much of that do you think was, I mean, some of that was due to the uniform or the snipers picking us out, you know, maybe not in our unit, but snipers picking, picking us out of, you know, just standard objects that are around some places were blue. You know, I mean, they they introduced this multi they introduced this ACU pattern thinking this was the next generation of things and actually it was hurting us instead of helping us until the multi cam come out. I mean, you've seen the multi cam, right? I have, but what, what? So, what's your philosophy on the ACU pattern? I think, you know, while we wore it, we didn't know any different. You know, we were like, oh, yeah, it must be working or whatever. But, you know, do you remember us putting that that uh, that camo on our, on our ACHs? That like that, uh, it was like that leaf, that leaf camo or whatever we put on our, on our helmets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a reason for that. <laughs> and I think it's because it was to break up our pattern because our patterns were just blending in together and making us look like a blue object walking around. So these people were able to see us more. Now, if we would, if we would have had the multi-cam while we're over there, we would have been able to blend in with our surroundings a little bit better. So what's hilarious is that they're starting inter they, well, they've already been integrating this, uh, ACUs out and putting the multi-cam in, but they're selling these ACU patterns to other countries. They're Get like, hey, like big blue fucking Martians now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we already tried it out. Y'all stick out like a sore fucking thumb now because that's what we've done in two wars and have wondered why the hell everybody's seeing us all the fucking time. You know, right. you, around, you sneak around trying to be quiet and sneaky and going through this or whatever, but fuck, you look like it's like, oh, look, there's a blue trash bag floating in the woods over there. Oh, no, there's 15 of them. Oh, that's not fucking suspicious or anything. That's, you know what? Maybe that's why, because still to this day, I feel like I have some kind of weird connection with some random person in Iraq. I, for all I know, it could be like some kid who just don't know how to shoot. Because twice in the same area, I got sniped. 
both times just bullshitting sitting on top of a roof. And, yeah. and the fucker missed twice. One was with, I was with uh, McCaskey and dude like shot between our legs. And then another time the, the round went right past my head through the wall and Makita's, he probably still has that fucking round because it almost hit him walking up the stairs. But, but <laughs> maybe that's why that fucker well, could yeah, see me so well. You're sitting up there like a big blue satellite dish. <laughs> big old neon sign saying, shoot at me. Shoot at me. You know, it's like, damn. You know, like, did we not do a little bit better research on our fucking uniform? You know what, man? I never did question it. But I, well, you know, I, I kind of, if I thought about it, I was like, how the fuck are we blending in? Like, this is, this shit don't look like, like, what is this blending in with? It doesn't but, look like, you know, like we're out there. If we're on the water, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that pattern didn't look like fucking anything that was our surroundings. Our what, what colors were our surroundings? Tan. Maybe a little bit of green. A lot of gray. You know, like there was no, nothing that was blue. No, it was blue. There was a lot of gray though, like concrete. Yeah, I mean, but still, you look like a fucking, you look like a trash bag walking across the road. (laughs) You know? Look at look at that tumbleweed trash bag just floating across the road of her. <laughs> I can only imagine what we look like as like a whole fucking platoon walking around. Damn! Look, the garbage truck let loose. There they all go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, I tell you what, some people need to be pissed off about that, especially some families, man, because we could have done better. You know, At, our country could have done better with supplying us with uniforms that actually blended in, in that wartime environment. The Marines had better uniforms than us. And we got stuck with these blue fucking trash bags. How dare you government officials or military officials thinking that was the right fucking thing. Shame. Well, that was probably one room, one small room of people who made that decision. Yeah. And it wasn't the right fucking decision. I can tell you that. No, it wasn't. Nah. But speaking of speaking of decisions, they uh, the government has got something else to come out. So they've got this program called the Golden Horde, H O R D E, right? That's and, not fun. Yeah. The so Golden Horde. Yeah. The objective is to demonstrate network collaborative and autonomous weapons by creating an integrated weapon system of systems where weapons autonomously work together to increase survivability and lethality. Mm. So basically this is, uh, the golden horde developed what's called CS DB, which is a collaborative small diameter bomb system that's going off. So it's basically a bunch of fucking drones that are, uh, that'll swarm, um, they will swarm a target and determine if they're a threat or not. But so before you set these fucking things out, they're, they're programmed with rules of engagement, right? So they're 
hey, you know, if you know how like in Fallujah it was like, hey, if you're wearing black, you're you're getting smoked pretty much there for a long time because all everybody that was wearing black was shooting at people. So, hey, if you're wearing black, we're shooting back at you. That's kind of what this is. So, hey, if you got a beard and a and a big pot belly on you from drinking Budweiser's, we might be taking you out. So that's what the rules of engagement could be. So before they leave, they have a predetermined target and they know if you're a threat before they even get there because they've, they've basically programmed every scenario of threat into these things. And they're basically AI driven. So um, pretty much they are, uh, they're programmed with um, radios that will allow them to swarm, to locate, identify, and defeat targets. Uh, these are founded and funded by the Air Force Research Laboratory. So if you want to look more on this, go to their website. I mean, what do you think, man? So there's definitely a lot of movies out there. Like, we just went and watched this movie called it was, uh, Sonic 2. Yeah. And um, you've got, uh, oh, what's his fucking face? Um, who's the dude who plays Ace Ventura in the mask? Funny guy. Oh, damn it. <laughs> his name, his name slipped my, slipped my mind, but <laughs> oh, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, you got Jim Carrey. Who's a, who has this like huge handlebar mustache. Like he's this crazy dude or whatever, but. He has all of these drones that he controls with these gloves on, you know, so he'll like tap his fingers or whatever, and the drones will do whatever they want or whatever he's telling them to do, but they'll fly around and they've already got a rules of engagement. So, you know, he's like, look, if it's Sonic, take him out. So Sonic's running away from these fucking things and these things got lasers and they're shooting at him or whatever. We've got that shit now. That's crazy. I, if that doesn't scare the shit out of you, I don't know what does, man. Because now, since we've developed these drones, it's like, hey, why don't we just weaponize them? You know? I mean, they've been doing it um, oh, over in Israel. They're looking, the Palestinians are, are attaching bombs to them and flying them across across the border there in Israel and dropping bombs on people. So it's like, you know, what the fuck are we doing to each other? Why do we need I can tell you why we need them. It goes back to the discussion we were having earlier about at what point could we, would we ever do something and get back control of our government? I can tell you one thing. We better do it before they get some damn robots. They've already got robots, man. I know, but they don't have an army of robots. Right now, we could still, they still have to fear us, guys like you and me, that are all over this country, right? Like, but once they have robots to where you walk out your house and like a satellite image just fucking detects movement, catches you, and they got fucking drones at your door in two minutes, like, yeah, we're fucked. We can't do nothing then. Well, the Chinese have got this system out there. It's like, you know, they've got cameras everywhere. So if your credit, if your score, if your social score doesn't match up, 
then they, then you can't buy food. You can't go get credit or anything like that. You know, that's what it's coming down to, you know? And then if you're a hostile, if, if you're known to be a hostile, then they're going to send these, these drones and they'll have a, they'll have an automated police section that'll come and arrest you. That'll just be robots. You have to get in the fucking car and go with it. You know? Yes. Y'all be good. Be safe. Till next time. Peace.